I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. So... I don't know if you know this, Brian, but <laughs> we have a 20-year age gap. We do? We do. You're 20 years older than I am. I'm not sure I want to be reminded of that that regularly. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about it a lot lately. Yeah, we have. Does it make you feel old? Sometimes. Well, Sometimes it does. Well, I feel old in general because, you know, I'm old. <laughs> and, you're not. And then when we talk about our 20-year age gap, it reminds me of just how old I am. Yeah, well, I think you're a very sexy older man. And, you know, I've always been into older men, which is something we're going to talk about today. For sure. And we're going to talk about our relationship in terms of our age because today's topic is age gaps. Yes, it is. A near and dear to our hearts, that topic. It uh, it plays a big role in our lives. It does. And it's something that I think is pretty misunderstood by a lot of people. I think there's a lot of preconceived notions about what it means to be in an age gap relationship. And we hope to dispel some of those today. Yeah. And and honestly, there's a lot of consideration that has to go into it. Something we'll also talk about in terms of preparation for, you know, longer periods of time. Yeah, life planning. Absolutely. Before we get into the details on that, we want to give a very big thank you to our partners, Alt Playground. If you're not familiar with Alt Playground, it's an amazing open community of sex positive people that are sharing ideas and thoughts and sexy pictures. It has things like the podcast corner, which has many amazing podcasts on it that we highly recommend that you check out. And there's just so many different ways that you can connect with people who are truly sex positive and fun. And we recommend that you head on over to altplayground.net today to check it out for yourself. Yeah, head on over, see what it's all about. So our first segment, our very first time we're doing this, Sex in the News. And I'm really excited for this because I think there's a lot of really interesting information. And when I say interesting, I don't always mean good. So I'm sure we'll get to that too. But there's a lot of interesting information coming about coming out about sex in the news. And we're going to choose a different topic to dissect each week. And this topic comes from Psychology Today. So twice as many couples are currently watching porn together as compared to pre-COVID times, which I thought was interesting. Not surprising. I don't think it's necessarily surprising. I also want to know how they're gathering this data. That's a really good question. I imagine, I don't know, there's got to be some algorithm they're using, some covert thing that the internet provides. Right, because I know Pornhub uses like your Google information yeah. or information that you input on whatever browser you're using. Yep. And so what that's how they can for. tell if it's like a man and how old the man is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the couple thing, I mean, it's probably just a survey that's going out. But that also means that couples are actually willing to tell people that they're watching porn together, which is very cool. Yeah, but I wonder of those couples that are now watching porn, is it a thing that got together as a couple and they said, "Hey, we're, you know, we're locked up. We're we're quarantined. What do you like to watch? For, you know, do you watch porn and if so, what do you like to watch?" I wonder if those those are the conversations I think that really need to be happening. Uh, not so much the act of watching porn. Right. It's the communication and the conversation. I think that's probably the most important piece of that, oh. that whole thing. I just shared this on our Sex on Your Terms Instagram page. My tip this week was to share your favorite porn category with your partner. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that the biggest takeaway for me is that people are communicating more. At least that's what that would be. To me, that's what it's indicative of. Yeah. If couples are now watching porn together more, 
had they not watched porn together before COVID at all? Did they not know what each other really kind of searched for in terms of porn? Right. And if that's the case, that's that's great news. It is great news as long, in my opinion, as it's the right kind of porn. I think there's a lot of horrible porn out there that is not ethically made, that is very contradictory to the realities of sex. So if this is a couple that has been always kind of vanilla and never really ventured out, and now all of a sudden they're watching cuckold porn and it's completely against what it's really like to be in a cuckold relationship, I feel like that can be damaging. So that would be my only concern. Yeah, listen, we already know that Porn, the porn world, in case anyone listening isn't sure, is not necessarily relevant to real life. <laughs> it does not depict real life. Absolutely not. A lot of people think it does. I get it. It's, you know, it's kind of like professional wrestling. And if you're a professional wrestling fan, I apologize in advance. It's not real. Well, so neither is porn. Right. And I think the argument has been made like, oh, amateur porn is exploding and that's so much better. I actually think it's worse in a lot of cases. Some of the amateur porn that's coming out is by far the most like fantastical, crazy shit out there. Well, 10 years ago, amateur porn was just that. It was amateur porn. It was a couple or some folks getting together, setting up uh, your iPhone in the corner and just having at it. That's not what's happening anymore. the old camcorder. Yeah, yeah. The big bulky, you know, shoulder kind of camcorder. That's not happening anymore now it's like scripted it's no longer quote-unquote amateur it's scripted porn and some of it is just as bad as you know regular porn yeah the article did go on to say that they believe that this has spurred a rise in female friendly porn so i mean that's a good thing i think you know the idea of in the whole point of female friendly porn is you know the woman is not being degraded and you know typically it's being directed by a female director and so she's maybe a little bit more mindful of presenting a woman in a respectful way. Okay, I'm with you. But does that mean that women are incapable of wanting to be treated in a, you know, degradating fashion as it pertains to their eroticism if they're if it's consensual i don't i don't understand why that would be a problem so are they having that consensual discussion at the forefront of the porn that's the that's the question see that's my whole point is like typically female friendly porn is something there's something that's happening within it that lets you know that the woman has a say in all of this that she is being respected by everyone involved and therefore you can watch the porn and get off without worrying about it because i'm going to be honest i've watched like teen porn sometimes and I, I can't get into it because all I'm thinking the entire time is like, oh, this 18-year-old girl, does she really know what the fuck she's doing? Does she really know what she's doing here? Well, yeah, I'm with you. And, and as you know, for me, I'm not a big fan of porn. There's really very little of it that does anything for me. And yes, I would be concerned with is if there is a, a degrading component related to the female in the porn, is that de- degradation... First of all, is it consensual? And is it driven by the, the woman? Is she asking for that type of play? Is that is this whole kind of scenario being female-centric? Is she the one driving the show? Right. That Versus would, some level of coercion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that Which I would, happens a lot in the porn world. Happens in real life, certainly. It's going to happen in porn. Right. So yeah, if that's the case, then I'm, I'm all for it. 100%. If it's a consensual thing where it's female-driven, then yeah, absolutely. I, I can... I can understand that well 
Apparently, a lot more people are enjoying porn together, and I like that. I also wonder if it's spurring other things, other discussions, fantasies. We have talked multiple times about how we personally believe that quarantine and COVID is going to result in more people being interested in the lifestyle as in the non-monogamous lifestyle than they ever have been before because this is like your time to really connect and talk with each other and maybe open up about things you had never opened up about before. Well, I think you and I had this conversation pretty early on when this whole COVID thing hit. I think there particular I think there's probably two camps. You've got the the one side that couples are now, you know, they were thrust together. You know, you typical typical mom and dad or typical couple, heteronormative couple, let's say working an eight-hour day, eight to 10 hours a day, working nine to five, whatever it is. They see each other for 10 minutes in the morning. They spend 45 minutes to an hour after they get home from work. Not a real, not a whole lot of communication going on. You know, they just get into that kind of rut, you know? And I, I thought, well, one of two things happens with this quarantine situation. Either that gets worse, where they're so accustomed to not communicating that they grow further apart, or because they are thrown together, thrust together for that time, they get closer and they realize that they've been missing each other and missing that important private time. And then all of a sudden, hey, let's start watching porn. Let's let's talk about what our fantasies are. Let's start flirting with each other. Yeah. Right? Maybe foreplay becomes a much more important component in you know to their intimacy, which maybe was out the window. Right. You know, for for months or even years. I I think there's two two of those camps. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I hope there's more of the latter versus the former. We'll I see. I certainly hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. We'll see. If we go, if we start going to restaurants and everyone seems to like each other more often when this is all over, then we guess correctly, right? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of see that now as an ethically non-monogamous couple. We pay a very close attention to how people behave when in public. Yeah. We can tell pretty quickly how close a couple is, how attentive to each other they are by how they behave over dinner. And it's really quite telling. This might be kind of horrible, but we definitely play the how long has it been game we, <laughs> when we're we, in public. We do play that game. Yeah, absolutely. How long has it been since they've had sex? And sometimes it's legit like, oh, they haven't touched each other in a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we had we were just out of town recently and, and saw a couple. And no, they were a drop older. They were they were an older couple. But they, had, they were clearly disinterested in each other's company. Yeah. And it, it was clear that they were at a point in their relationship that they were just, they were done with being in each other's space. No eye contact, no physical contact. Contact, very little discussion. It was as if they should have been at separate tables. And that's so unfortunate. They could easily have been strangers seated together at a table <laughs> yeah. by happenstance. Yeah, for It was sure. that kind of behavior. Very unfortunate. I think strangers yeah. together at a table would have talked more. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, it was, certainly was uncomfortable for me to watch. And they were literally positioned in the center of the room. Yeah. It was like a spotlight was on them. Yeah. It was very awkward. You couldn't help but just watch it. Yeah, it was yeah. very awkward. So, yeah, we, we, uh, we pay attention to that yeah for sure so that has been sex in the news <laughs> yes so age gap relationships yes a little something we know a little something about that just a few things a few things we know a little something about it so we're going to talk about how age gap relationships or what age gap relationships mean to us because we are a couple that has 20 years between us right. i of course am the senior of the two of us <laughs> yes you are 100 percent. if you've seen us you know that and Rather than talk about the statistics that everybody can find online, let's talk about what that means to us. Sure. Let's relate Practical that to us. experience. Practical stuff because we can speak to it. So again, I am 50. Brenna is 30. And the important thing for, for me to kind of explain to people 
as it pertains to age gaps is there are some differences between a couple who's 20 years apart and a couple who's a few years apart. But the truth is it's still a relationship. So there are certain components of the relationship that don't change. Right. You do, however, have to be aware of the pieces of the relationship that absolutely have to be addressed. Right. Right. And that's something you and I talk about all the time. Well, yeah, I think one of the things that we have talked about in terms of relationships, period, is this idea of compatibility, right? Yeah. A lot of times you get into a relationship and you're sexually attracted to them, you enjoy each other's company, things go really, really well, and then at some point in the relationship you start to see the cracks in terms of compatibility. And a lot of times those cracks are ignored, which is why you move forward in the relationship and a lot of times you get into a relationship where you don't have good sexual compatibility or you disagree on you know, major life goals or the things that you're working towards as a couple. And that's when the relationship can really fall apart. And I think that level of of incompatibility when in an age gap couple or an age gap relationship is far more obvious and far more of an issue. Well, here's the thing. As I said earlier, you talk about the components of a relationship that work, right? In our opinion, my opinion, communication, trust, as you said, compatibility, Those things are important in all relationships. When it comes to an age gap couple getting into a relationship, there's no room for error. Right. You can go off the rails a little bit. If you're a couple of years apart, you can't be off the rails 20 years apart. Not on a lot of subjects. That's for sure. Right. For me, and again, I want to explain that I am not someone who sought out a younger gal. I've never been that guy. I've been married to... You're not looking for the young arm candy? Is that what you're saying? No, I've been married to women older than me. I've dated many women older than me. This is a relationship, the one that, you know, our relationship that just worked. I met the right person. Right. And once you do that, a lot of times, provided everybody's legal, age is simply not an issue. It, It just... I never considered it, honestly, until you and I really became a couple. And I only realized it because other people made it obvious. Right. I didn't, it never affected me personally until other people made a big deal about it. Well, you say that, but you, I also think it's important to know and important to be honest about the fact that when we first started seeing each other, first of all, for those of you who are new to us and new to our, our podcasting, we met on Craigslist Casual Encounters and we met with the assumption that we would be in a BDSM relationship together. We've made it very clear from basically the beginning yeah. that it was not meant to be necessarily a long-term thing. We were looking for more of a friend, looking for more of a friends with benefit type situation or, you know, maybe even slightly more than that. Like we'd go on dates together and, and that sort of thing. But we certainly were not looking for our, our soulmate. No. And to be honest, when we first started seeing each other, I thought to myself, well, this works with someone who's 20 years older than me because it's casual. And the idea of being serious with someone who's 20 years older than me had some concerns attached to it. Well, from the, from a BDSM perspective, for some folks who are not familiar with that world, what you were largely attracted to was the discipline of my age. Right. You knew that there was a level of, you know, understanding of the space, obviously, and that I was far more disciplined than the, the average person your age, and that I was going to be capable of not just providing the kind of things that you were looking for in a relationship, that I would be okay also with the idea that this is casual. I've been through relationships before. I have a history. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not just getting my feet wet, so to speak. So that was obviously attractive to you. What was attractive to me was 
how cogently your you wrote your ad and you knew specifically not only what you were looking for, but what you were clearly not looking for. And from what you wrote, I fit that bill, which is how this whole thing happened. We were not, as you said, planning a lifelong relationship right. at all. Right. <laughs> but we very quickly fell into a situation where it was obvious to me that I needed more out of this relationship than just the BDSM and the kink component. Right. That that while that was important and it was good to have in our relationship, it could not be the foundation. Right. That was obvious. That being said, were you concerned once you started to really develop feelings for me, once you realized that you wanted more out of this relationship, were you concerned about the fact that at that time I was in my mid-20s? Yeah, I was concerned for you. I was not concerned for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, so you I, weren't concerned that like, oh, one day I'm going to wake up and she's I'm going to realize that she's far too immature to be in a relationship with me or anything like that. No, 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 no. I, I was not concerned about that at all. Obviously, at that point, I already got to know you to a degree. You're not you were not your typical 26 year old. Right. So I wasn't concerned from that perspective. I was concerned then for the same reasons. For the most part, I'm concerned now. And we'll talk about that. I did not want you to feel like there was something you were missing out on. I didn't want you to miss out on anything. I didn't want you to feel like that our age difference was so vast that you were going to have to give up anything. Right. That, that was my biggest concern. It was not concern for me. I was concerned for what your perspective on it was. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the main concerns that people have when entering into a an age gap relationship with someone, you know, far older or far younger is, Things like life goals, you know, typically people my age are planning for families or they're yeah. getting into relationships specifically with having a family in mind. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not both on the same page with that, and it and it's hard to be on the same page with things like family planning when you're 20 years apart. If I had wanted children, even if we had fallen in love, and that was something that was very, very important to me, that would have caused a huge rift in our relationship, potentially ending it. It's certainly that's one of those that's one of those pieces that is certainly relationship ending worthy. And I have to say, to be honest, we were very fortunate. I was fortunate, certainly, that you and I had very similar desires and wants and values pertaining to the future where family was concerned and children and that kind of thing. It didn't align with what both of us wanted. Right. And that was important. That was a huge concern for me before we had that conversation. Right. It's the first thing you think about. For me, it's the first thing I thought of. Right. I've gone down that road already. I'm, I was approaching 50. You were in your mid-20s. If you had wanted children, I would have had to seriously consider going forward. Yeah. It, it could have been a real, a real problem for us down the road. Right. And if we hadn't had that conversation a few months into our relationship like we did, if we had waited a year or two years, I mean, think about how catastrophic that could have been. Yeah, and that's something we talk about a lot. One of the reasons that our relationship ended up we ended up where we are is because of that open line of communication that really that judgment free zone that we live in part of why we even met from my perspective from my standpoint coming out of relationships you know endless relationships four failed marriages that were not based a hundred percent on the truth primarily on my side I was never honest about what I really needed. Right. To be clear, you weren't lying. You were just hiding certain aspects of yourself. Right. I, I was never open about the idea of, you know, my desire to be ethically non-monogamous, my desire to experience different things sexually in the world of sexuality. I was always afraid to be met with judgment and frankly, being rejected. Right. So you so you just don't you don't approach those things. You just you keep them down. You just you bury them. So for me it was I wasn't going to do that. Again, right? I decided I'm going to have open relationship. I'm going to be 
completely clear with what I want, make no mistake about it. And that's what you and I did. So fortunately, that's how we started. We right. started out very open. We didn't have to change course later no. on. We started that way. No, having those conversations was easy. So having the conversation about, listen, what do you think about kids? Do you want a family? I mean, you want the picket fence and the dog and all that stuff. What, you know, what, what's your plan? And we were both on the same page. And luckily I said, hell no, I need no. way more out of my life. Let's go explore. Let's go do amazing things. Yeah. And we align in that way. And that is one of the reasons we work. Yes. It's a large part of why we work. Our our vision, our our passion for for things was largely the same. Right. You know, that, that was a big deal. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think another thing that we should discuss in terms of our age gap, though, is, you know, family views. And, yeah. And I don't mean family views as in, are we going to have a family? But what do our family and close friends think of our relationship? Well, what can you expect as an age gap couple? You're going to get some, uh, you're probably going to get some strange looks from your friends. You're going to get some judgment. From your friends and family. Yeah, we certainly did. You did, for sure. I'm, again, being the older person, the only the only person in my life of note is they're my relative, they're my mother, my, you know, my brother, stuff like that. But unconditional love from those folks, they don't care what I do. Nothing surprises them at this point uh, in our life lives. They've seen me do a lot of crazy stuff. So this would be no different for them, an age gap relationship. No one's going to be shocked by that. Your mother is like the most accepting person ever. Yeah. So that's never, you know, it was never even, it was never a concern for me. My concern once again was always for you and what your family and friends were going to think. Again, to be full disclosure, I could have graduated high school with your parents. Right. We are the same age. And it did not go well in the beginning. No. And, and in all fairness, they didn't think that this relationship was going to stand the test of time. They didn't give it any real efficacy. Right. So why should they put any effort in to really be concerned about it? Ah, oh, it's Brenda. She's going through a phase. She'll be out of this quickly, and that'll be the end of that. And then she'll, yeah, she'll find someone her own age and settle down and get married and have kids. And I think that was the hardest thing for my family. You know, they have grown up. Both of my parents are conservative, not politically, but just in terms of like overall values. And their wants for me were to do exactly what they did, which is get married and have kids and raise your kids. And, you know, eventually they're going to retire and that's going to be their life. Yeah. And they wanted that for me too. And when I disclosed to them via in large part our relationship that I I didn't want those things. I wanted something different. I think it was a, a big pill for them to swallow. For sure. And, you know, listen, just listening to you say that, it sounds terrible. Yeah, exactly. I don't want for that. us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even. Yeah, it's, yeah. I just listen. That's great for a lot of people. It works for a lot of people, and it historically has. It is not. It is not for us. It right. just simply isn't. And you know, it's difficult for people to come to terms with that. The people that are closest to you are like, well, we we really wanted this for you, and this is the expectation that we had. You know, when you burst their bubble, you know, it's kind of tough to get around, to get their head around. Yeah. Even my best friend, she's always been supportive of our relationship, at least with her words. But she'll say things she's said along the entire time of our relationship together. So are you guys still together? So is Brian still around? Almost as if the expectation is going to be that I'm eventually going to say, well, no. Well, yeah. She's just expecting you to call one day and it's be like, oh, yeah, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think she's surprised that we're still together. And I think it's due in large part to the, to the age gap. Well, yes. And that's the, that's the interesting thing, right? You, you look at what people, how people perceive things, right? We talk about, you talk about statistics. One of the things that we read very recently as it pertains to age gap couples and the divorce rate, it's virtually a mirror image of couples who only have a couple of years difference. Right. So there's very little variance, whether you're 10 or 15 or 20 years apart or three or four years apart. 
the difference is, is nominal as it pertains to the percentage of divorce. But if you think about it, people who say from the outside, well, of course you got divorced. You're 20 years apart. Right. It's the first thing they look at, right? Yeah. It's that su- that surface level stuff that they literally, they cling to instantly. Well, of course they're, they're divorced. They're 20 years apart. Right. Well, our neighbors are only three years apart. They got divorced too. What about them? Oh, well, certainly something else must have happened. Right. right? It's got to be the age gap. Yeah, you'll dig deeper if there's not something right at the surface. Yeah, if it's not staring you in the face, you're willing to give it a little bit more of a, you know, the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, I think people get those ideas because, oh, you're 20 years apart, of course you broke up. Of course you're not together anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's really kind of an unfair point of view. Yeah, we've also gotten a lot of judgment from complete strangers, which was something that took, for me, it definitely took some getting used to. I remember the first few times we would go out and there would be side eyes or do you remember the time we were sitting at the bar and there was that couple that was pretty close to us and the guy had his back to us and the woman was facing us. So we couldn't see his face and he didn't turn around at all. But the woman is not only staring at us, but she's talking about us loud enough for us to hear her. pointing at us. She's yeah. literally saying things like, oh my God, you see that so much nowadays, like the you know younger woman going after the older man and preying on him for his money and, you know, and yeah, then- Spoiler alert, I don't have any money. <laughs> and I had a ring on my finger at that point. You had just gotten me a ring, kind of almost like a promise ring type of a situation. Right. And she goes, oh my God, they're married. She has a <sighs> ring on her finger and everything. Yeah. And it was that, it was not super far into our relationship at that point. No. And I remember being so bothered by that. I mean, for days afterwards, we yeah. I would talk about it and bring it up to the point that you finally had to be like, you need to just let this go. Yeah. I mean, I remember very, the, the one I remember the most was the nail salon. Yes. We were getting pedicures. First of all, I was the only guy in the place getting a pedicure. So I get if you're staring High at five me. to that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I get pedicures. You and by you. the way, I get polish on my nails. Bit, pretty feet are important to me. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting our nails done. And there are two women sitting to our left closest to you who are straight up leaning over and pointing and looking and snickering and kind of covering up. It's like, come on, are you are you kidding me right now? You're really, this is this is your thing? You know, because probably they thought we were, my, you know, you were my daughter when we walked in until you leaned over and kissed me. And that's when they were like, oh, my God, right. they were just aghast. So bothered by it. Oh, yeah. They just couldn't believe it. That that kind of stuff is just like, come on. I mean, get over it already. Yeah. And I know? think it's one of those things you kind of have to force yourself to get used to because, like I said, I used to get bothered by it. It would piss yeah. me off and we would leave wherever we were at and I'd just be like so upset about it. Yeah. It'd be the topic and, of conversation for the rest of the night. Yeah. And it it became necessary for me to let all of that go and to stop caring so much. Now I'm at the point that I don't even really notice it unless no. it's incredibly obvious, which it hasn't been in a while. Once again, maybe I'm just not noticing it. Well, we don't care. Period. You just don't care anymore. Yeah. Much yeah, like yeah. I, I, I don't care. I, and it, it never bothered me, but it bothered you, which bothered me. Right. I, I could care less. You know, it never, it never occurred to me that to even care about it because I, I just don't care what people think. Well, I think it was the first time I'd really experienced that in my life. Because sure, Because I've sure. always... It was a shock looked, for you. I'm the cis, heteronormative woman. I, you know, walk into a place. I don't have anything crazy, no crazy piercings or outfits or anything like that. I mean, sometimes I'm a little revealing, but aside right. from that... A little busty. I'm a very normal looking person. So this has been the first time in my life, this relationship where I've been looked at and pointed at. And it does take some getting used to well also let's let you know you got to keep in mind you live have grown up in a very small community in a very small rural place you know and we live in a small community at the tip of the rockies in a mountain community 
not a lot of age gap couples in our town. There are a couple, and we happen to know one of them, but there's not a lot of us. A couple of them. Yeah, yeah. There, there's not a lot, and, and it, we stand out. And listen, I am absolutely 20 years older than you while, while I joke about it. I don't think I look that old, but it's obvious when we're together that we, we have an age gap between us, but not so much that you need to stand across the room and point. Right. You know, like, you know, it's crazy, but it's one of those things you have to be prepared for, certainly. Yeah. What do you think? Was it more difficult for you for the, from the from being judged by strangers or your family? Oh, definitely my family. Yeah, because yeah, I'm close with my family, and I, you know, I want them to be supportive of the things that I'm doing. And receiving that lack of approval from them for really the first time in my life, it was jarring to me, and it was also it hurt because my previous marriage, when I, you know, was married prior to meeting you, obviously, was a ve- it was a very toxic relationship, and. And I didn't tell my parents a lot of that, but I still feel like they kind of knew a lot of the stuff was going on. And it almost was like, okay, so you're more approving of this toxic relationship with someone that's the same age as me versus a very healthy, constructive, communicative relationship with someone who just happens to be 20 years older than me. So that was the hardest part for me. Well, it's the things that people cling to, right? They cling to what they know. Right. And while they certainly don't want ill... uh, for your harm to come to you in a relationship, they could wrap their heads around you being with someone. Eh, maybe it's a little rocky, but they're the same age. That makes sense. They can have kids and you know their lives are going to be normal like ours was. And they can they can wrap their heads around that. Right. It's easy for them to, to understand it. Right. They get it. And I, I've come to terms with that now. I mean, now I'm, I'm, they don't, I don't think that they disapprove of our relationship. I think they see how happy I am. So it, it was, but it was a journey for all of us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To get to this point. Well, and difficult for me, of course, we're the same, your parents and I are the same age. I come from a different place and a different time and a different world of experiences. And, you know, for me, I don't care what people think. I never have. So I had to force myself to be more understanding of that for you. Right. Because I simply didn't care. Right. You don't like me? Okay. It'll take me seven seconds to fall asleep tonight instead of six. You know, I'll get it figured out. (laughs) But for you, you know, it was a big deal and it was a, you know, it was a, it was something we had to work through. Yeah, it's something that you had to be empathetic towards for sure. Yeah, listen, that's just one of those things. When you are, you're going to get yourself in an age gap relationship. You're the you're the senior person in that relationship, particularly if it's a twenty year senior person. You better be prepared to make some concessions. Uh, <laughs> rigidity is not good for the longevity of an age gap relationship. In so many ways, <laughs> can't can't do, I can't see how it works well. No, I don't think it's going to be healthy for you. It's if you're just hard line. This is it. I'm not going to budge going to have a tough time. Yeah. Going to have a tough time. So there's also like silly little things that are different about our relationship that I contribute to generational sure. differences. Such as? <laughs> I hate your choice in movies more oh, than anything in the world. Ditto. You, 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 your choice of movies are, they're the worst. No. The worst. So the, probably the first three times that we watch movies together, you made me watch horrible Chuck Norris films. <laughs> I don't know why you got attacked the eighties, man. I don't see why that's necessary. I wasn't alive in the eighties and I'm really glad based on the movies you've shown me. That's so, so disrespectful to Chuck. <laughs> but I think that's just like, granted, I, it's silly and we're laughing about it, but I do think that there are generational differences that can cause pretty huge rifts in an age gap relationship sure if you allow them to sure. you know i think the one that is more serious and we don't allow it to be because i think that we do a great job of talking through things and trying to see it from the other person's perspective but 
I mean, you were born in a different time and you grew up in a different time. Sure did. And I am a very progressive person in a lot of my thoughts. And I have, I found myself, and you're a very progressive person as well, but me being a millennial and, and having very different ideas of the world around me, you know, there's times when we disagree and we butt heads. For sure. But, you know, we do it in a thoughtful way. And, and we do have a lot of the same beliefs and opinions about things, but we reach those opinions from a different angle. It's like the same destination, the same overall destination, but very different paths to get there. That's how I almost see it. For sure. And for me, I relate things to food because I'm a chef. And a lot of people like this, like similar dishes. They like the same dish, but they like it for different components of that dish. Right. And that's essentially how you and I come to terms with the differences that we have. You know, we, ha we agree on a lot of stuff. I see... I, my getting there is different than yours. And sometimes it takes me longer to get there or it takes you longer to get there. Right. We eventually get there, but we have different reasons for getting there. Right. You know, it just we just arrive at different times. I think one of the most important things about us being 20 years apart and seeing things from the other person's perspective is trying to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Yeah. You have 20 years of experience on me and it's 20 very enriched and colorful years of experience on yes. me. And I think because of that, you have so many different ideas of the world around you and you're very knowledgeable. You have a lot of street smarts that I am completely lacking in every way, shape and form. But because I'm lacking, because I, I'm more green than you, I'm also significantly more open to things and open to ideas. Yeah. And for me, that's it was it has been and sometimes still is a struggle because I want to I want to protect you from certain things. But at the same, because like you want to just jump into traffic and I want to pull you back to keep you from getting hit by the car. And then it's sometimes like, ah, eh, maybe she needs to get nicked. She'll figure it out. <laughs> needs to get nicked. You know, but, you just know, as long as I don't break anything. Yeah, I don't what? want you to get hurt, but, you know, maybe you've got to scrape your knee, you yeah. know, uh, because you have to experience those things for yourself. I know that I could stop you and protect you from some of this stuff that you leap into because I've seen it done it a million times and know better. Kind of like when you see somebody reach for the, the hot, pan on the stove it's like eh, let, me, let me grab a hold of that before you burn yourself sometimes you get burned you know it's important for you to do that yeah and sometimes you may miss out on things because for you're sure. not open to them yeah so. and that's something we've kind of we we have a lot of give and take in those ways i will open myself up to maybe attempting something i've already attempted and looking at it a different way so i experience the same thing but i experience it differently with more of an open mind and it's more enjoyable that way particularly if i see that you've enjoyed it or you like doing something and you're excited about it it makes me feel better about having done it yeah what's so, an example of that well some of the places we've been some of the experience like you know concerts for example I was, I'm not a big crowd guy. I've never liked crowds because I, I lived in them for 30 years professionally. And I, I don't like being around a lot of people. I'm not comfortable in spaces that I can't, can't see the exit, can't, you know. Can't control the Can't control it, what's yeah. going on around me. Not a huge fan of that. But you and I have been to countless concerts and countless venues that we've been crammed into like sardines. And because you have been so excited about the process and the experience, it, it makes me a little bit more relaxed and I'm, I'm able to enjoy it more and kind of take it all in and not be so uptight about my environment, certainly. That's cool. I like that. We rub off on each other very well. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's also important to talk about 
the reasons specifically for us that this works. We've mentioned some of them. We've mentioned the fact that we communicate far better. And I think part of that is the maturity, the overall average maturity within this relationship is far higher than it would be if I was with someone that was 30 years old. Sometimes uh, I feel like the maturity level of this relationship is like 12. <laughs> it goes one of two ways. Yeah. It's either like 40 yeah. <laughs> or 12. Yeah, it's, there's not a lot of not a lot of middle ground. That's okay yeah. though. Sometimes we're either making forts with blankets in the living room or we're having very deep conversations at a five-star restaurant. We literally talked about buying a coloring book recently. So. We totally have. And maybe not even like an adult coloring well, book. Well, the problem with that is we would turn it into a contest instantly. Oh, for sure. I mean, instantly we turn it into a contest. We're we would so be taking pictures of it and sending it to people asking which one is better. <laughs> I mean, it's 100, that's exactly what this turns into. I actually kind of want to do that now. That sounds so fun. I'm in. We'll do it. But, but I do think that there's something to be said for our congruent maturity together, for the most part, is higher than it would be if I was with someone my own age. And because of that, we're able to look at issues within our relationship or just our relationship in general with a much more mature view. I would call it growth as opposed to maturity. Oh, interesting. I, I think that we have both grown. Sir, I've watched you grow. Oh, I definitely know I have. So I don't know how much I've grown. I can't really... I, I know I have because I, I know myself well enough. I have a... Fortunately, when you get to be 50 years old, you get a pretty good awareness of yourself and your abilities and inabilities and your limitations. And I certainly have watched... I know I've watched you grow and, and I know I have too, but, but definitely exponentially you've grown more. In, in many different ways. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen like horizontal growth so much as just like an opening, like we just mentioned. It's not like yeah, it's you're changing so much. It's more so just everything that you're doing, you're walking into it with a little bit more of an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just from uh, the standpoint of sexuality, from our, our life as, as a couple of that who participates in ethical non-monogamy, that certainly has changed everything from a perspective of your sexuality. I've seen... You just bl- blossomed into this this empowered woman where when we first met under the guise of a BDSM relationship, a, a top-bottom, sub-dom kind of dynamic, you were much more demure, really reserved for the most part. Do you ever wish I could go back to that? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so at all. Because you know, while you are very much the same person I met three years ago, you're a very different person as well. And certainly not in the, the least of that is from a sexual perspective, from your own sexuality. I'm not talking about the act of sex. I mean, from your own, from you owning your sexuality. Right. You know, that's a very, a very different thing from when we first met. Yeah. The, I, the person I first met, the Brenna I met, would not have ever entertained the idea of having, of being someone who could be in a dominant position situation sexually absolutely not you were just not that person no and you have literally become that person yeah you you really have just turned into a different different human I'm being a boss babe now yeah from a perspective of sexuality you're you're a very different human being yeah yeah but uh, but also from from your experiences now we have experienced a lot of things together i think i've if i've brought anything to this relationship it has been to experiences and opening your eyes to how to looking at things differently, to taking something very, you know, whether it's a, a stoic object, a static object, and looking at it differently from from older eyes. And you you definitely 
you dissect things a little bit more. You're far more analytical than you were before. Thoughtful. I think that you've made me more thoughtful. And I guess that's what I meant by maturity is yeah. being with you has definitely made me look at the world around me in a more critical and mature way. Yeah. Uh, I think also you've given me a lot more discipline in both the ways that I tackle certain tasks and and things that I need to do within my life, but also just in terms of understanding the importance level of what I'm doing. So for example, before you, I would go out to the bars a lot with friends and, you know, it was like, oh, we're playing beer bingo tonight. Or, you know, we would, I spent a lot of time doing things that weren't meaningful and you coming into this relationship and really showing me what it means to spend time meaningfully changed everything for me well to be fair when we met you were 26 yeah <laughs> you know so you were doing things that the average 26 year old does you go out with your friends you went out drinking you did it probably more often than you should have and what no different than i did but i had already done it right and i was able to say to you listen this is a lot of fun this is a great time but why not maybe focus some energy here as well i think you're going to be you'll be better for it and i think you'll appreciate it more and, and you did yeah you know, but at the same time you got me out of my, again, my rigid place of, I'm absolutely not doing that. Are you crazy? <laughs> right. I don't do that. And, right. you know, all of a sudden. I've almost got you to karaoke. It's going to happen almost. one of these days. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it's 5 a.m. and we're in Vegas and we're drinking. And it's like, what What am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? And that's because you. You're welcome. You know, yeah. You <laughs> made me do that and I paid the price. So, yeah. And you had fun along the way. I did. And without, you know, without your influence, good or bad. <laughs> I would not have experienced that at 50 years old To be fair, the last time that I was tipsy was you and margaritas and you t ordering me another one. So yes, that, I'm not always the only bad influence. And I am not, and I'm not always, you know, the responsible one. So that that's how it works. And that's, that's the cool thing about our relationship. I don't have to be the adult all the time. Right. Because you're not the adult. You're 30. I'm the adult. I'm supposed to be the adult. <laughs> So I can Is that be, really how you see it? Well, I mean, well, I should be the reasonable one, right? I mean, theoretically, I, if anybody looks at the two of us, right? They look at our relationship. If they know us a little bit, they they instinctively believe that I'm supposed to be responsible. Right. Not always the case. I'm a moron. <laughs> I do dumb shit. Well, you're also really fun, though. And sometimes yeah. I have to reel you back in. And I think that's also what makes for a successful age gap relationship is not getting stuck in those roles yeah. where you are the adult and I'm the fun, silly one. Granted, yes, that's how it usually works. Yeah. But I think that we have the ability to swap those roles For or sure. to meet somewhere in the middle as well. Yeah, absolutely. You've had to reel me in a few times because I'll do some crazy shit. And I just don't, I'm like, ah, I'm on a roll, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. You know, day drinking, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do that a Lifting lot. Lifting but... far more than you should at the gym, that kind of shit too. Like you yeah, find I'm that fun and I'm like, oh no, no, you're going to pay the price for that. Yeah, I'm just not smart that way. It's yeah. the competitor in me. <laughs> Yeah, not not wise. Yeah, so you, I mean, you know, you have to reel me in. I reel you in. It works. It's it's a nice balance. So here's a question for you. Sure. Do you think that? I mean, obviously, I consider you my soulmate, and I. This is my long term relationship. This is the relationship that I plan to be on in until one of us is gone. Likely me first. <laughs> Likely, you never know though. Do you feel like you appreciate your time with me more than you have in past relationships? Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, without question, that's not even, that's not even, shouldn't even need to be a question, but I get why you're asking. I guess what I'm saying is, do you think that the appreciation that we have for our time is in due in part to our age gap? It's certainly, yeah, well, yes, the short answer is yes, but it is certainly largely due to my age 
and my experiences, my past, I never appreciated time. So full disclosure, my coming here, you know, to, we, we live in Montana. We live in a small rural town in Montana. For 30 years, I lived in Texas and I operated restaurants and gentlemen's clubs and built them for almost 30 years. It's, I was a big part of the adult entertainment industry in the central portion of the United States. I worked a lot. It's all I did. There was a five-year period of time, almost six-year period of time where I didn't take a vacation. Just didn't do it. I was busy. I was making money. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to run, 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 make money, make money, make money. I gave up a lot. I missed out on a lot. And I forewent a lot of potential experiences. I had some amazing experiences because of my life. But I missed out on a lot. Didn't smell the roses, so to speak. Didn't take time for myself or family because I was... I was running. I would sleep many times. I would sleep with my cell phone on my chest because I, I had locations in four different time zones. Phone could have gone off any time. I just forwent all of that. And now I came, I came here purposely to get away from all that craziness and to find the person I knew I was going to end up with, which of course is you. And now I take the time to pay attention to things, experience things. So I appreciate time more than I ever did before. Right. In the three years you and I have been together and we've had this conversation... I've experienced more quote unquote life than I had in the previous 47. Professionally, sure, I did a, I accomplished a lot professionally. But from a personal standpoint, I certainly didn't appreciate my time daily, hourly, by the minute. I look forward to time. I look forward to us doing things. I look forward to days off. I never had days off. I'd have some time off, a few hours here, a few hours there. I never had multiple days off consecutively. It was just never a thing. Right. And even when I did, I certainly didn't, I wasn't looking to do anything with my significant other. I wanted to be left alone. Right. I, I was over people. Now I want to do things, like I look forward to us doing things. We plan things weeks in advance, months in advance. So we know that we have stuff coming up. Right. You know, I, I appreciate time. I, I just didn't have that before. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that comes with age and it's something you have also taught me in this relationship. Well, it's something that comes with with being happy and, and being in a situation that's comfortable. A relationship that works, of course, you want to spend time with the person that you're with. Right. You know, you it, it matters. Time matters. The more time we spend together, the, the stronger our relationship gets. So, of course, I want to spend more time together. Like date nights. We talk about this with our friends all the time and, and people who listen to the show. We have date night every week. Yes. At least once a week. This week, it's Friday. It changes, but we have date night every single week. And what we do on that date night is anything other than work talk. Right. We just spend time talking shit. That's right. what we do. And Being silly, kissing on each other. Yeah, yeah. if it's going to a, a concert, if it's going just going to dinner or going to have drinks or if there's something going on at the park, whatever we're doing, it's just that. Right. And that's the stuff I look forward to. I never did that in any relationship I ever had. Not a marriage, not a relationship. I never, ever... D- date night? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are I'm these going, words you're saying? I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah, right. you, you know, and I traveled for work, as you know. So there was a period of time, you know, I think it was like 2010, I slept in my own bed twice. Yeah. Like I, was, I wasn't even home. Yeah. So it never... You know, the idea that the relationship was primary, it was, you know, it was the main focus of my life was never a thing. It was never a thing. Work was first. It was always secondary. Maybe or not tertiary. even. It was tertiary a lot of times. Right. You know, it was it was just something I knew that existed and it was like, oh, I have to remember yeah, I have a relationship. I gotta get back to that. <laughs> it was never in the forefront of my mind. Yeah. You know, so that's the biggest change in my life. Yeah. So 
I think for me, it's a matter of, I think a lot of times when you're in a relationship with someone that's the same age as you, you don't think of it the same way as I now think of it in our relationship. The time is precious because at the end of the day, we're probably going to get about 20 fewer years together, give or take, than the average couple. Yeah. And that is something that weighs on me. And it's something that I think about, not weighs on me, that's not the right way to put it, but it's something that is always in the back of my mind. And it's something that definitely dictates a lot of the decisions that I make in terms of our relationship. We definitely make decisions. We do now, I certainly do, make decisions based a lot on our future having to do with the difference in age. Fortunately, and I say fortunately because I think we're fortunate to be an ethically non-monogamous open relationship couple. If you are a couple out there who has an age gap, for people that are in a vanilla monogamous relationship, I'm always concerned for those folks for this reason. We are an ethically non-monogamous couple. We obviously are. We lean toward that, that polyamorous state. We've talked about that many times on our other show and with friends. There's no question that we're going to we're going to be a polyamorous couple in a polyamorous relationship, that's going to happen. Largely, that is going to happen, we believe, not only because we have regular playmates and we already are very familiar with that world. I think that's going to happen because I cannot imagine you being alone when I'm gone. I'm 20 years older. Our relationship is great. Our compatibility, our our sexuality, all those things, everything is great. What does that look like when I'm 70 and you're 50? Right. That's what concerns me. So we're already moving toward the idea of you having another relationship, a parallel relationship, because I don't ever want you to be without. Right. You know, I don't know how a monogamous couple is going to get through something like that. And and I, and this is just my opinion. If you are a monogamous couple and you're in a situation like we are, where you're 20 years apart or more potentially. You really got to give that some consideration because there is a very, very small percentage of the population with which the sexual component, the partnership component is not an issue. Right. It's going to be. And if you're not having that conversation, I urge you to have it. I know it's not an easy one. It certainly is for us because that's just how we are and that's how we started and that's our, our life. And I know in monogamous relationships, because I've been in many of them, Having a conversation about your sexuality, needs, wants, desires, future, what that looks like is not easy. But I, for us, I, I couldn't imagine it any other way. It, I want you to have a partner, male, female, otherwise. I want you to have a partner when I'm gone. That's important to me. And before, because listen, I'm going to be 75, you'll be 55. Yeah. 70, 50, 80, 60. Uh, I'm not kidding myself. You may not want to take me out dancing and to concerts and all that kind of shit, yeah, you know, which listen, is understandable when you're 75, 80, 85 years old. Yeah. I mean, how much Viagra is there? I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. You know, you, you, I want you to be satiated in, in every imaginable way. And that includes sexually from, you know, from an intimacy perspective. I need you to have that. So, you know, listen, we're a hot wife couple. We enjoy the company of other couples and single folks. A big part of our sexual relationship is you with other single men. Right. How would I, I mean, how could I possibly justify you not enjoying that in my later years? Right. Or when I'm gone? It would just be disingenuous. I like that. I like that you're concerned about my needs and 
as we get later into life, you understand that that's going to be an important factor for us. And I think, like you said, an age gap couple that is not thinking for the long term, I think most age gap couples, especially with a significant age difference, have had those conversations or at least are venturing towards those conversations. That would be my hope because I think life planning becomes so much more important. As much as you want to live for the moment, as much as we love creating memories, I think there's also something to be said for balancing living in the moment with serious planning. Well, I'll tell you, you know, obviously I have I have a friend who is a drop older than me. He's actually, he's 58. His wife, 38. They are a vani- very vanilla monogamous couple. I was literally speaking to him today on the phone uh, about life in general. And he brought up the subject to me because of course he, he knows our age gap, same as his, you know, different ages, but the same number of years. Are we having those conversations about what life is going to be like when you're, he said to me, when you're an old man, because, you know, jokingly, but not really. I said, yeah, man, we have that conversation all the time, but our conversation is different from yours, obviously. What are, what are you doing? He's like, we don't talk about it. I said, what do you mean you don't talk about it? We don't talk about it. Why not? It's, it's uncomfortable. No shit. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about death well, or about, you know, planning for 25 or 30 years. That's not fun. It's not well, a fun conversation. Well, like I said, hey, brother, how uncomfortable do you think that's going to be when you're 75? Right. How uncomfortable is that going to be? You know, have it now, man. They've been together forever. Right. So this is this is something, this is a conversation they should be able to have. But I really think he doesn't want to have it because he's older and he doesn't want to think about dying. Right. He doesn't want to think about what's going yeah, to happen. His mortality is scary to him. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to think about what's going to happen when he's gone and what you know what his significant other has to deal with and go through. And he doesn't want to think about that. I do because not because I'm any more thoughtful than he is or that I love you any more than he loves his significant other. It's scary, certainly, but it's easier for me because of our open relationship. I I know what you are going to require. Right. So I have no problem with that. I'm completely at peace with that. Right. So I understand why it's a little bit more difficult for someone like him. But but literally just had that conversation today. That's so interesting. Yeah. And and that's only one obvious difference between, I think, folks like us who are ethically non-monogamous and folks that aren't. That's just a big piece of that. Not that any one is better than the other. And I'm certainly not telling people to run out and become ethically non-monogamous if you're not already. But it's certainly easier for us. That com- that piece of our relationship is very easy. Yes. Yes, it is. You, know, you can tell me, hey, I need this. I think I want that. Right. And okay. I met with complete acceptance. Yeah. Like, okay, let's figure that out. Yeah. You know, have you given thought anymore to, since we've had that discussion last, what do you think you want? Inter- like long term yeah yeah I mean I think I think I always want to maintain my hot wifing fun you know the idea of being able to meet new people all the time I'm very social and I love to talk to new people and it, you know sometimes that, that talking leads to sex and that's a really fun part of my life that I don't ever want to give up so I think I would need someone if I'm going to bring in a person to be in another relationship with that person has to be accepting and understanding of that just as much as you are sure if not more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think it, it makes total sense. I think the the scary part of it for me is that you and I are so connected and we spend so much time together that the idea of dividing that in any way, shape or form, especially considering the age gap and the fact that I cherish these moments with you is difficult. Yeah. It, it's again, lends itself to us having difficulty really compartmentalizing the polyamorous piece. 
Right. The idea of having to dedicate an inordinate amount of time to someone else, it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's a daunting idea. So I think it's something that's just going to take time. It's going to take... It's a progression. It's not something that's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, even if I met someone amazing tomorrow and came home and told you like, oh, I think I might really like this guy or this girl or whoever it was, the idea of shifting straight into a polyamorous dynamic right now is not where I'm at. It's a it's a progression that I think is going to happen over time. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But it's important. We have the basics covered financially, wills, who's bank accounts, you know, all the all the stuff that matters when you're... Who gets the dog. Yeah, who gets the dog. Well, yeah, who gets the dog. All those things. But a lot... And I think a lot of people do have those things covered. My friend does, certainly. That's all part of his thing. You know, the, the legalities, so to speak, of life and death. He's got that covered. It's, it's the emotional piece, the extraneous stuff that he can't quite wrap his head around, I think. Right. And fortunately for us, that's the easy part. Yeah, we've got you that know. covered. Yeah the, yeah, the other stuff is just academic. So we have covered a lot in terms of age gap relationships. Obviously, we can only speak to the specifics of age gap relationships from our personal dynamic, but hopefully us talking through some of this and and really kind of highlighting the reasons our relationship works, as well as some of the things that we've had to potentially overcome in order to be in a successful age gap relationship will get you thinking whether you're in an age gap relationship or not. I think one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode is because age gaps are still very kind of misunderstood. You know, there's this idea that your relationship is on faultier ground if you have years between you. And I think that our relationship and the relationships that we encounter that have those differences, but are still strong and they're compatible as a couple prove that that's not the case. And that's really why we wanted to talk through this topic well there are benefits and challenges to all relationships does not matter whether it is an age gap couple not an age gap couple heterosexual or not monogamous or not there are benefits and challenges to all of those different dynamics this is simply our experience because we are an age gap couple we have the ability to you know talk about it from a practical perspective which is largely what we are going to do it's our opinion doesn't we are not, listen, as I said before, we are experts in ourselves only. I can only tell you that, you know, it works for us. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we are going to be doing this every single Wednesday and we hope that you'll come along on this fun, awesome new journey with us. If you have specific topics or questions you would like answered on the show, send them over to sexonyourterms at gmail.com. You can also check out our full website, including all of our coaching services available at sexonyourterms.com. And we are going to talk to you next Wednesday. We sure are. And we can't wait. And until then, we hope you have sex on your terms.